Hey guys, it's Nick. Uh, before we get into this week's podcast, just a couple of quick notes. Uh, first of all, our apologies for missing last week. We're coming to the part of the season where we're winding down on our camp schedule, so uh, we'll definitely be more consistent going forward. However, as we're transitioning into this new recording platform that we're using for the podcast, we <laughs> are still kind of working out some of the kinks. We had some technical difficulties this week, had to re-record basically the first half of the podcast, so apologies if it seems a little mismatched. Uh, next week, it'll definitely be a more polished product, but thanks for listening this week, and uh, here's me and Woody. Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. Second one we're recording today, Nick. How you doing? Boy, feeling just as fresh and ready to go as the first time. <laughs> we had some uh, technical difficulties, so uh, this is take two for for us. Take one for everyone out there. Uh, of course, Woody Walmack, joined by Nick Kruger. We are recruiting analysts for Rivals.com. This is a Commitment Issues Podcast. We talk about all types of stuff. Rob Cassidy, on the road. Uh, yielding phone calls from from all types of people asking him the same questions he's already answered several times as he just texted me. Um, guess what, Rob? You're not the only one repeating yourself today. <laughs> so, enjoy it. <laughs> we want to remind you, uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts. I messed it up the first time, so get that one back. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Uh, it helps with our placement, and we know it's the slow season. Tell a friend. That's all we ask. I mean, you know, I know sometimes uh, we're a little inside baseball here, but a lot of people we, we know love to listen to the show, even if they don't like football recruiting. Uh, so tell your friends, check it out. Uh, we really appreciate it. So, Nick, we talked about these topics earlier. Top five. Um, the number one news of the week, I think, and especially in your neck of the woods, Caden Stearns. He flips from LSU to Texas. This came as a bit of a surprise. It happened quickly. He just seemed like he just committed to LSU. Uh, hey, what happened? What was what, what what went into his decision, and how many times can I stumble on the word "what"? <laughs> this this was a little bit of a surprise, right? I was in an event uh, myself this weekend. Uh, came home, and Jason Sukamel from our uh, Texas website, you know, started hitting me up uh, about the fact that it seemed like Caden Stearns had uh, he he heard that he decommitted from LSU, was on campus on Saturday night, I believe, in Texas, and you know, obviously, all the tea leaves pointed to him making that commitment, which obviously he ended up uh, eventually doing. So, you know, that's another big get for Texas. I mean, geez, we talked about the situation with Cameron Rising uh, not too long ago, and and them flipping a uh, you know, uh, an important player from a rival team. And, and now they kind of did uh, a similar sort of thing. You know, LSU, obviously not a direct competitor with Texas like uh, Oklahoma is, but, you know, definitely has had a very strong recruiting presence in Texas for a long time. And, you know, now as we're talking about the successes and the wins of uh, Tom Herman, this is a really big feather in his hat. Texas had been involved in a lot of high-profile in-state guys in the secondary. Um, and Stearns, I don't think, was really at the top of the list when you're talking about guys like Leon O'Neill, B.J. Foster, um, you know, they missed out on a Tanza Von Gore, but uh, still in the hunt for Anthony Cook. So, you know, they've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys that they're looking at in the secondary. This guy, you know, Caden wasn't necessarily the, the first one to come to mind, obviously, with him being committed to LSU. So, um, you know, and I, ta- I talked to I, I talked to one of his teammates over the weekend. I said, did you guys have any inclination that this was happening? He said, no, they didn't talk. He didn't talk to any of us about about possibly making this decision. So, you know, even even those closest to him. I mean, this is this is relatively surprising, but uh, a happy surprise for Longhorns fans. The second big story we had this week, Joe Milton, uh, 
Rivals 250 quarterback out of Orlando, Florida, Olympia High, which uh, I spent a lot of games there watching uh, at the field where they don't have a press box. Let's hope they built one uh, between the last time I was there and now. Uh, he ends up committing to Michigan over the likes of Florida and Georgia. And this was a guy that they really wanted. I mean, if, if you know, a lot of times you see a guy like this leave, the fans will say, yeah, we never, we never wanted him or we're not interested in things of that nature. Uh, guess what? Everybody wanted this kid. He's a guy, ton of upside. Really, best days are ahead of him. He hasn't put up a ton of stats in high school. He's got some really eye-popping plays on his tape, but he, he's a guy that I think under the right system uh, can have a ton of success. Uh, you know, we talk about Michigan and what they've able to, been able to do, recruiting, reaching down in the southeast, recruiting coast-to-coast. Coast. They've got some guys there out of Texas as well. Um I've been really impressed. They got Pep Hamilton. That was the big key there. This is a guy who who really helped uh, Harbaugh identify Andrew Luck when he was in high school, coached him up, went with Luck to the Indianapolis Colts. Now he's back in college, and Michigan's doing a great job. So I, I really like the fit there, the coach, the coast-to-coast reach, and they continue to impress uh, on the recruiting trail, Nick, and I think uh, it's only the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we had talked about in take one of the podcast was the fact that last year, you know, one of the things that they got really lauded for was, uh, you know, how well they recruited the Detroit metro areas, you know, got those big name kids in state, the Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, those upper echelon guys. And now you're looking at the recruiting class as it stands right now. And, you know, it's 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 the the green twins out of Texas. Uh, you know, three guys out of Georgia. Uh, you know, Milton comes out of Florida. You know, we just they, they've only got one kid in this class right now from the state of Michigan. So it's really impressive uh, just how effectively they've been able to, you know, kind of like blitz the entire country, uh, hit on, you know, key areas and in, in certain spots that are, you know, really kind of outside of their uh, practical, you know, kind of recruiting radius. And uh, for them to be recruiting so successfully doing so, you know, it's, it's really been something to see. Yeah, and then it, they got a five-star out of Georgia last year. Now they're getting a four-star that they're stealing away from Florida. Um, you know, whether it's the satellite camps or whatever you want to say, Harbaugh is a disruptor, um, you know, as they would say in Silicon Valley, and he's, he's disrupting the recruiting world. He's doing a great job of, of getting out there and, and really impressing with his ability to, to develop relationships and the, the coaches he hired can't be undersold. He know he knows that he can't do all the recruiting himself. Assistants are vital, and uh, we saw some of the guys get get taken away from him. Uh, you know, they got got upgraded jobs. Uh, I think the the offensive coordinator at UCLA uh, came from Michigan. So so all types of all types of moves. I like it. I like what they've been able to do. And and Milton, you know, he's an interesting guy because he he's the type of player that could go to college and. Uh, you know, maybe move positions, maybe not pan out, or he's the type of guy that could go to college and kind of really be, uh, you know, the next coming of a really big time star and be like almost like a Heisman Trophy contender. That that's that's the scale for him. So it's boom or bust. I like him though. I, I, he's got a little bit of an edge to him. I, I mentioned on uh, the Wolverine podcast this week. Uh, he's not afraid to speak his mind. Uh, I think that'll go a long way with dealing with the media and stuff like that. I think fans will like him uh, because he's got a chip on his shoulder. And, and regardless of you know him coming along and and being a guy who's ranked high now, I mean, three months ago we, we he had, he was a zero star. Um, <laughs> so that and he didn't have a lot of these offers either. Michigan came in late. Uh, like I mentioned, to take him away from Florida. So uh, all those factors, I, you know, I'm, I'm real bullish on him. I like him. I think it's a great pickup, and it just shows 
Michigan's here to stay. I mean, I know that, you know, I listen to some college football podcasts where they talk about, well, but he hasn't won or whatever. It's like, so what? I mean, they're, they're <laughs> so what? Who cares? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're in a much better situation than they were under Rich Rod, than they were under Brady Hoke. I mean, you know, the, the buzz is back with the program. Uh, the momentum on the recruiting front is obvious. You know, the personality that Harbaugh brings, you know, one of the things we talked about, uh, you know, on our last episode uh, <laughs> is, you know, is, I mentioned, I mentioned, yeah, we, I, I actually, you know, after, uh, after the Green Twins committed, you know, I did the aforementioned uh, Wolverine podcast with, with Brandon Brown, and we were talking about just kind of the, the fact that, um, you know, Michigan really hasn't dipped into Texas very effectively uh, quite yet, but, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, when you look at when you look at the success rate that they've had all over, uh, you know, cracking the the Texas nut isn't isn't quite so difficult. I mean, the the thing that the thing that uh, you know I brought up before was uh, Jace McClellan's a 2020 running back, a former teammate of uh, Chuck Filiaga, who we saw sign with with Michigan in 2017. You know, he he said that uh, one of the games that they had later in the season, Harbaugh came in as as part of really his primarily his recruitment of of Phil Yaga, but but came into the locker room, did a pregame speech, got the guys riled up, and that was something that stuck with McClellan. And it's those personal touches, you know, that that have really kind of you know are paying dividends, as as you can see, just based on the the variety of kids they're getting uh, from a variety of places. Yeah, then that's the you know. Credit to them. Speaking of a, a school that's getting commitments from a variety of places, your Oregon Ducks, Nick Kruger, they load up with commitments, reaching out coast to coast to nab uh, a ton of commitments during their spring game uh, and shortly thereafter, highlighted by um, several four stars. And I think that's that's one thing that we can't undersell is, you know, we t- we've talked on this podcast about how hard it's going to be for them to kind of recruit coast to coast. Well, guess what? they're doing it. And I, I think, you know, uh, as we discussed prior, this is a staff that, that is very aggressive. And I think that's been the biggest change. Um, a lot of the guys who were there before they, they were, they would rather spend their time on a safe play. Okay. Here's a three-star guy we can develop. And they, they developed a ton of those players and turned some of them into NFL guys. Obviously they had a lot of success, but there's a difference. The, the level Chip Kelly was recruiting at, if we go back you know, to, to 2010 times like that, they were, they were borderline top 15 classes. Um, I think they, in 2010, they finished 13th. I mean, that's a team that essentially built uh, a national championship contender, uh, the, you know, a team that was a field goal away, loaded with four stars. They had guys from Illinois, Texas, Florida, uh, all, all over the place, um, Utah. So, I think now they're getting back to that and they're kind of having success. And a lot of these guys are tapping into relationships they have. Of course, you know, our boy Willie Taggart was at South Florida, USF. Um, So he's going to know players in Florida. But Isaiah Bolden, a four-star from Zephyr Hills, uh, water country, as we mentioned, he, <laughs> you know, I forgot jokes. to mention. I, I I forgot to bring up that Dasani is actually bottled uh, with water from Hollywood, Florida, as well. Yeah, really. Jeez, yeah. no wonder it tastes so bad. Hey, yo, no. <laughs> That's Billy Mitchell country, and of course, several <laughs> other people that are close to us uh, hail from that area. Isaiah Bolden, the four star, was committed to Florida State. I mean, this is a guy. Hey, you're a Florida State commit. You go out to Oregon and flip. That's unheard of. And I think the biggest change. And the biggest change that fans should notice, not only Oregon fans, but fans of other teams, 
these guys are flying out there on their own dime. They had a ton of visitors there for the spring game, and that was a coordinated effort. It's not easy to get people to visit that far away. Uh, and that's what led to them landing a lot of these commitments. You know, Jamal Curry Elliott out of North Carolina. He's a guy that, you know, was wanted by Tennessee, wanted by Virginia Tech. He ends up out there. So I'll be curious to see, especially how things go, depending on their season. You know, you know, if they have a year that's six and six, can they hang on to all these players? But, you know, they're selling the future. They're doing a good job of getting guys on campus. And, and uh, I think they're picking the right players right now to, to attack and, and recruit. Moving on, we talked about this before, <laughs> like everything else. Oh, man. It's a good thing we like talking to each other on the phone, Nick. Uh, Tennessee, on the verge, I would say, of getting a commitment from Adrian Martinez, uh, a, a quarterback very highly ranked, a guy that uh, a friend of the show and a colleague, Adam Gorney, uh, avid listener to the podcast, I'm sure. He he re- he really likes Martinez, and he's a guy he's been high on for a while. He was committed to Cal, thought he was going to stay close to home. He's from Fresno. Uh, he's been targeted by several schools, including Oklahoma, and I think actually uh, Oregon was in the mix for him. Well, not so fast. All of a sudden, uh, Tennessee heavily in the mix for him, and I think they're going to get that commitment. That will give them two commits, though, with uh, Michael Penix, uh, already committed a guy that we, we talked about before as, as probably going to move up to a four star. Um, you know, our Texas site did a did a deep dive on f- schools that have landed two four star commits in the same class, and you know the results aren't aren't great uh, for either guy. But one thing is for sure, when whenever two guys that are that same ranking sign, one of them ends up transferring before their career is over. That's happened every time since two thousand five, um, and that even dates back to like two thousand fifteen. Guys have already transferred, so. The question is, you know, Martinez, that's a huge get. That's Talk about recruiting nationally. This will be the second time they signed a four-star out of California uh, in the past few years, even though Sherryon Jones uh, was one of those four-star transfers. Uh, let's move on. You, we, we're still uh, working on, of course, our, our soundboard, which Nick is in charge of. But we're, <laughs> we're going to move on to uh, one, of, one of our favorite segments, uh, Tweet of the Week. <laughs> How's this? Is the, this is the stock. Uh, oh, the stock it's under. So it goes underneath. It goes underneath. Yeah, yeah. That, what good. kind of tweet do we have? Oh boy, we got we got a I, I, we got a couple. <laughs> oh, geez, it's real dramatic, uh, which is good. So our boy, our boy Deuce knows, uh, which no relation to M Deuce is a. Uh, I think he's a 2020 quarterback uh, from Roswell, Georgia, a guy who's who's actually got a lot of head coaches following him, so maybe a guy to, wow. to remember down the line. Mm-hmm. He tweets, I hate rejection, with a bunch of the uh, emojis of like that face looking off to the side with the frowny, like he's angry. Grim- grimacing and, face? Uh, grimacing, <laughs> no, not grimacing face, as we know. Okay. Grimacing face is the teeth showing. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, boy, three-star... Uh, Christian Scooby Ford retweets him and says, "Then don't get rejected." Yeah, <laughs> simple as that. With the shrugging emoji into uh, two laughing. So I've got a, I got a couple other ones, but this one might be too offensive, uh, so I can't read it on the air. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna have to hold that one back. But uh, one more, real quick, I guess. We yeah. got the music sure. still playing. Lance sure. Robinson Jr. Which this is a real bugaboo. This could be a, this could be a rant for me. He's a three-star uh-huh. uh, DB. He says. Why do our knee pads have to be over our knees in high school when one is on defense? We don't get tackled. 
<laughs> I think he's forgetting that, you know, if a helmet comes straight into your knee, it's not good for you. But, you know, I, I really hate the referees stopping play to fix the knee pads. And our boy Corian Harris, uh, Kansas commit, oh, yeah. Rivals 100, says, yeah. I do because I catch picks. <laughs> and he's got the little oh. <laughs> angel emoji. So, nice. yeah. right. so anyway, so that wraps it up. Little friendly tweet of the week. There's one highly offensive tweet of the week that came from a five-star recruit in the class of 2019. But uh, without our ability to edit and you not reading it first, we will uh, we will leave it <laughs> be. So just, there's only five five-stars in the class of 2019. So if you do a little research, it won't be too hard to, to find it on your own. So yeah. Anyway, no interview this week. Uh, I, I actually ran into uh, our boy Quincy Avery at the at the Mr. Shut Up and Train this morning, and I thought about asking him to come on the podcast because he's had a lot of hot takes uh, in relation to the early signing period and various other topics, and he, he let me know that uh, he recently got blocked on Twitter by the Duke DB's coach, who is a oh. very controversial figure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of rants and recommendations, so we had a funny conversation. I wish I would have just recorded it then because uh, it, t- it touched on several topics. But I'm going to try to get Quincy on because I think, uh, you know, he, he, he'd he have a real good time ranting about some topics. Uh-huh. So anyway, let's move on. Rants and recommendations. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the stock sounds. They're funny. <laughs> Um, I was hoping uh, for the crack of a bat too with a play ball, but no, just the (laughs) charge, charge charge forward. You said you had a big rant you wanted, so I'll let you start first. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, You know, as 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 we're prone to do, obviously, we spend a lot of time looking at Twitter. We see a lot of trends, uh, i.e., the mannequin challenge and this challenge and that challenge. Um, and, you know, and for the most part, I don't like most of them, uh, but there is kind of a disturbing uh, trend that I'm seeing on Twitter. And, and I think I need to take the teachers of America to task. And I don't know if this is something that happens oh, in, yeah, in Georgia, but, but the whiteboard message of, of 300 retweets or, or whatever to, to totally cancel a final. Are you kidding me? Did you know that that's where I was going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's and exactly what I'm seeing some of these, you know, first of all, I'm mad on so many different levels, right? It's lazy on the teacher. They don't want to grade finals. They want to get to the summer vacation. So they just say, yeah, sure, get a bunch of retweets and we'll call it good. See, how is that fair to, to generations past, you know, guys like you and me that really did things the hard way and, you know, cheated the old-fashioned way over other people's shoulders, didn't have to get retweets <laughs> Yeah, you know, so so I'm I'm upset with I'm upset with the teachers for that. And then I'm also upset, like I said, I, I've seen some real uh relatively small amounts of retweets requested for canceling finals, uh, which you know, which really just I mean I can understand the premise of like, you know, if a kid's gonna work to get these retweets, he can't he doesn't have the time to spend studying. Uh, but we gotta I mean, we gotta go we've gotta get into the, you know, the tens of thousands, I think. I mean, we're talking about a final a final grade here. The only the only thing that I've been relatively okay with in regards to this is a reduction in final for a certain number of retweets. But again, you know, I think it's uh, you know, I think it's I, I think it's a disturbing and disgusting trend that I'm seeing right now <laughs> on social media. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I couldn't be more upset about it. And uh, if I'm if I'm the parents of the youth of America and I'm seeing that this is what the education system has been reduced to, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be writing to Secretary DeVos or something. oh jeez yeah <laughs> well he, here's my issue 
Uh, we can talk. And I, I hate it. It's stupid. What does the teacher get out of it? I'd be like, look, it. I need three thousand followers, and then I'll and then I'll cancel the final. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. the 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 kids that the kids that reach out to uh, social media personalities that are that are known for being attractive and and ask them to prom for however many retweets. Uh, that's that another one I was going to complain about. Well, but it suits the purposes of said social media celebrity, right? Because you know, theoretically, to get all those retweets, people are going to check out to see who they are. And then that will lead to followers in turn, right? So, uh, but you're right. From from a teacher perspective, this does nothing but look bad on your uh, annual <laughs> review. Uh, should should the vice principal or dean find out what's going on here? Well, exactly, and that that's the thing is it's always it's always a picture of the student, generally a high profile football player, and the teacher standing at the whiteboard, right? Yeah, with. And then they're and then they're <laughs> they're pointing at the thing that says three thousand retweets and there is no final. I mean, I just don't get it. It's it's it, it's unless stupid. we're talking physical education, you well, know, or you know, social media class. Maybe I don't know if that's a class that they have. But guess what? You failed it, teachers. <laughs> because, because I hate it. And guess what? I hate the prom thing too. I always tell these kids, because some of them, they're not celebrities. Oftentimes, it's just girls they want to go to prom with. How many retweets to go to homecoming? Just ask her. You know what I mean? Just ask her to the dance. You're a football player, okay? And I've had kids hit me up and be like, hey, Coach Woody, can you retweet this about, you know, so like, because you got a lot of followers. I'm like, nobody wants to see this, including me. So I'm with you on that one. What, a, what I'm more what I'm more interested in is uh, is do we actually know like a success story of some female that requested X number of retweets and then actually went got them and went to prom with some stranger kid? Well, I mean, I remember there was an episode of uh, of a show with Taylor Swift where she went to prom with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that was about ten years ago, probably. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I, I don't know. I, I know I do see celebrities going with some kids to prom every now and again, but I don't think it's as a result of retweets. Um, so, so I say kill that. And guess what? If you're a teacher running a scam, boost up your followers at least. That's what I say. Um, so, so that's a good one. That was a good rant. That's that that may, that goes down on your top five of all time. Um, Top five of all time of the podcast, right behind Adam Friedman's dual rants about people taking too long in airport security, a real original <laughs> topic, <laughs> which, was great, which was famously great uh, when we told him to do it again, and he does the exact same one uh, in short order. <laughs> so anyway, I've got a little bit of a complaint, and this is uh, causing me a lot of problems. In the city of Atlanta, you know, because of... Uh, you know the bridge collapse, which which by the way is fixed, and they will have it done by Monday. So big shout to uh, what? The yeah, the oh. company that's getting a three million dollar bonus and taxpayer uh. dollars to get it done in time. Uh, which you know you won't see that you won't see that in the media, Nick. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Central Florida newspaper, and there's right. a young enterprising reporter. <laughs> right, exactly. I would have been all over that angle. Of course, they got it done. They got a three million dollar bonus. Um, <laughs> So, so so anyway, I've had to take some different routes throughout neighborhoods to try to get to uh, my various stops throughout the day. And these traffic circles, how do people not know how they work? It's like traffic circles and yield signs. Nobody knows how they work. How long is it going to take, do you think? A hundred years? A hundred years from now, will people be able to navigate? 
a, a traffic circle, um, at least Americans. In Europe, everyone I, flies what through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's a, that's an example of, you know, us not being caught up to the rest of the world as, as far as that goes. That, that seems like that's something that was guess what? successfully done elsewhere. Well, you but here, here's, my, here's my problem. Here's my biggest problem with traffic circles, right? It's the, you know, like I understand the reasoning and the rationale for them, but multi-lane traffic circles are always... No, those are hard. I agree with you on Th- that. One. Those always cause a lot of a lot of issues, especially you know, when you got people that can't handle one lane uh traffic circles and then put them into a scenario where there's two, even three lanes uh to navigate to get out to your first turn off. I mean, sh- that's calamity. Right. You know? It is it is trouble. So guess what? <laughs> Yield doesn't mean stop. Unless there's a car bearing down on you, you just go into the circle. That's all you do. You just keep going. That's the rule. Uh, guess what? You know what I mean? And if someone hits you because they don't have their blinker on, that's on them. That's not on you. Um, so, so, so <laughs> well, I guess they would have their blinker on because you'd go. But in anyway, it's not that hard, people. Figure it out. Number two, rant. The amount of people in this city who walk so slow <laughs> through crosswalks holding up which, you know, we know it's a problem. People in Atlanta don't like to use crosswalks as is. That's been well documented. <laughs> they don't <laughs> but like the crossing people, the street, though. Right. They like crossing the street wherever. They're not going to use a crosswalk. But when they do, uh, you know, today I had a guy, two guys looking at their phones. They're, wow. they're walking across three lanes and they're just looking at their phones, gingerly walking. Meanwhile, they're holding up an entire lane of traffic that's trying to turn right. Oof. Get on your horse. You know what I mean? You and I oftentimes do the thing where we run without moving our arms to get across streets uh, to be courteous. <laughs> Marathon walk. You know, pick yeah, pick up the pace, people. Get, well, get... I've got listen, I've got news for you, man. I the number the number the amount of internet that I've seen where people just get crushed in crosswalks from somebody flying like when it's my turn to walk across a, a crosswalk, I don't care if everyone stopped how much time I have on the clock, I'm getting over to that other side of the street just to minimize risk, you know? There's too many yeah, you you had people you had problems with people on their phone crossing the street. And the real problem is people using their phone uh, in the car is is what yeah, I'm yeah, mostly yeah, concerned yeah, yeah, yeah. about. Well, that's a whole different. That's it. That we'll save that one for Friedman. Um, yeah. Obvious topic. So, quick recommendation. Uh, where's that baseball sound effect again? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, play ball. <laughs> yeah. I- I know you you and you were here uh, last week, two weeks ago, whenever you were here. Anyway, we had a chance to sit down and watch Brockmire, a show on uh, IFC Channel. Oh. Uh, it's a comedy starring Hank Azaria, and he plays a baseball announcer who's fallen on hard times. And uh, real amusing as as he does a lot of play by play in his normal life and and things like that, and says all types of funny stuff. So. Uh, you know, Hank Azaria, he's the voice of several people on The Simpsons. I would highly recommend watching it. You enjoyed We watched, did you watch three episodes after all or what? Mm, I think we just got through the first two, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, it was an enjoyable show. I've been watching it going forward. Uh, There's a lot of good TV on right now, but, you know, IFC, you probably pay for it unless you're a cord cutter like Nick. Um, (laughs) I have Google Fiber, baby. I'm on on megabit, megabit cable speed and... Deliciousness. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm definitely not based on us uh, dropping off here earlier in the show. Uh, something happened. So anyway, I advise watching Brockmire. I also advise visiting Rivals.com. We've got a ton of content up right now. Uh, all kinds of recruiting updates on players from the state of Louisiana. So uh, read those, please. 
because uh, they're in high demand uh, here from from people who work at Rivals. So uh-huh. anyway, you got anything, Nick? Uh, no, that was that was a nice tidy little, nice little <laughs> tidy podcast for us. We ended uh, out pretty quickly, but we got stuff to do. We got places to go. You got food to eat. I got to cook dinner myself. And it's really hot in this room, so uh, we'll be back next week. We're gonna try to net, net, we're settling down on these road trips. We're gonna try to have some more guests on. Uh, and, and especially with our new technology, I, I spoke to Mike Farrell, the godfather, about joining us. He's more than welcome. So uh, we're going to try to make that happen. <laughs> welcome, welcome, but maybe not willing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to work on him. We're going to work on him. He's, he's podcast averse, but we're about to expand the podcast uh, realm here at Rivals.com if everything goes according to plan uh, with some other people. So we're working on that. Stay tuned. And uh, is, is M. Deuce going to play us out? To play us out, M. Deuce? Yeah, yeah he's playing us out right, right now as All we right. speak. <laughs> hey, happy birthday, M. Deuce. It was his birthday last week. I forgot to post on his Facebook wall. So, uh, man, you're getting old, Mark. Uh, so, oh, excuse me. I almost gave away his alias. All right, that's it.